You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. We're getting into some Pythagorean win totals. It's not as daunting as it sounds for those of you who are wondering, what the heck is Pythagorean win totals? Uh, Matt Williamson will break that down for all of us, and he didn't even break it down for me. But uh, there's some some fantastic (laughs) stuff here with this that Matt was uh, on the beach kicking it with a, a beverage in one hand, toes in the sand, and he couldn't stop thinking about football. And so he's looking at Pythagorean win totals. That is the life and the mind of Matt Williamson. So we're glad he's back from vacation. We're going to talk about some of those things, maybe get into a couple of questions that are left over from old mailbags. But Tuesday is Twitter Tuesday, as you know. So get those questions in early for tomorrow's episode at BD Peacock on Twitter, at Williamson NFL. This episode is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Matt, would you like to preface Pythagorean win totals and why this article caught your eye and uh, what this means for the, 27, uh, the 2021 season? Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of take this over here. And First of all, I want to credit at B... Uh, at OB Kiev, O-B-K-I-E-V. And he just goes by Kiev on his uh, Twitter feed, but he writes for the oddsbreakers.com and just stumbled into this. And I think they're a heavy betting site, oddsbreakers. I think you could probably figure that out. And he wrote this in the the theme of, you know, who should we maybe think could regress or maybe they were a little better than their their, their record showed last year, a little worse. And this is a heavy football outsiders thing. They've been doing Pythagorean win totals since I followed them, to be honest with you. I mean, and they'll say things like, the, the you know, that, boy, th- this team on an average year playing the way they did should have won 11 games, but they only won eight. So keep an eye out for them. They might be better than you think. And that's basically it. And I'll be honest, a little of this is over my head, but it's basically things like point differential, um, turnovers that if you play out their season and they perform the way they did over a million seasons, they would end up with this win total more often than not. And one example that Kiev here uses is, so in 2019, the Texans scored 378 points and they gave up 399. So they had a negative point differential. They still won 10 games. That same season, the Chargers scored 337 points, and they gave up 345 points, about the same um, plus-minus and point differential. But they only won five games. Now, you can't just totally cite analytics. And with some of these teams we talk about, I very much believe that this is a, a useful tool, but teams that have highly established quarterbacks and maybe even more so highly established winning head coaches tend to beat the curve a little bit more where the Bengals, the Chargers, who I decided that have been scrambling for coaches and things like that, usually on the end up on the the wrong end of the, the stick with this. But I still think it's interesting. And what Kiev did with this one, too, to kind of take it up another notch is he worked all the math and said, 
how many games should every team have won last year if it had been a 17-game season? Because this is obviously a new a new deal. We got one more game this year. So who are the real discrepancies? I just want to go division by division and kind of talk about the ones that stood out. Absolutely. This is fantastic. I love this. And for those of you out there who are having PTSD thinking about math class and the Pythagorean theorem, we're not going to have to do any A squared plus B squared equals C squared on today's <laughs> show. The math has been done for us, which is the best kind of uh, football analytics. I love that there's smart people out there that do all the math, do all that stuff, and just give us the results that we can go through and have fun with. Yeah. And while we're on that, that subject, um, football outsiders almanac should be break should be you know hitting this the newsstands here really soon as well as warren sharp's almanac i'm not sure exactly what he calls it his guide so july for me is usually not stealing their information but using those two resources heavily and i'm sure that's something we'll be citing on the podcast as well so there's some analytics folks that are getting ready to publish their results that I think are really good coming up here on the horizon too. So in short, Pythagorean win totals are the the A squared plus B squared part of it is just these are points that you scored that you gave up and the the equals C squared part is this is probably what those win totals should have looked like based on how your team performed in the points category. Exactly, exactly. And there's some turnover things mixed in there as well. Um, but ba- it, it's not super advanced math. Not that I can handle, you know, easy math. Because <laughs> <But, laughs> like, when I was in elementary school, I was on the math and science team. You know, I was like mm-hmm. a smart kid. By the time I was in high school, I was like, can I just not be at school ever? And I was getting bad grades. And it was like math class. I was like, I, I don't ever want to take a math class again for the rest of my life. So um, essentially when, when it became work and it wasn't just fun doing math in your head anymore, I was like, yeah, you know what? This isn't for me. <laughs> I'm okay at it, but I mean, I'm talking arithmetic and basic stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I like taking people's results that know more than me, and I respect it. And I get, I seem to get more into it more and more every year. But I like to, you know, kind of have a governor on it too, as I mentioned. Like, I don't think it's an accident that Seattle or Green Bay, who are about to talk about, they're always one of these teams that the math people say, "Oh, they're going to regress. They're going to go backwards. They can't keep it up." But then they keep it up. You know, like. Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll are pretty good at their jobs. Absolutely, yeah. And they're, they're teams that, and Seattle's the perfect example of a team that has yeah. always bucked the trend. And whatever you think about them, when you look at their roster, when you look at Pythagorean wins, whatever it is, you're like, oh, well, they're, they're just going to overachieve what the model thinks they're going to do. And that's how they roll. Right, right. I, so there, there are some, you know, the football's not round. You get some weird bounces in this game more than others. It's only a 16-game season, so if you play well over 100 games like the other sports, especially baseball, a couple bad days don't kill you. A couple of days you get lucky don't you know change your record that much. So that has something to do with it, the small sample size and the randomness of this sport over the course of a regular season compared to other sports. But let's dig in. I, I mean, I, I think there was, there's some names or some teams here that kind of stand out that just are – Raise an eyebrow about. Absolutely. Uh, one note, though, on the the small sample, I think that's huge when it comes to the NFL. And the way I always explain it is you look at a baseball season that's 10 times longer, 162 games instead of 16 games in the NFL. Now we get one more game, 17. So maybe it'll calm some of that down by just a little bit. But actually, one game is, is a big percentage. It's like adding 10 baseball games to a season. 
But you think of the best teams and the worst teams over the course of a long baseball season. Some of these teams are really good. You're talking about a 400 winning percentage versus a 600 winning percentage. That's like an, an, the best NFL team being nine and seven, and the worst team being seven and nine. You know, or six, right, six right, and ten, true. and ten and six. That's the the best and the worst in the NFL. So I wonder if you played. Obviously, there would be nobody alive left on the field to play. If you played 162 <laughs> games in an NFL season, would it be like the best teams are 600 and the, and the worst teams are 400? Probably, you know, I mean, when it's all said and done, I mean, again, the attrition here is different than other teams. I mean, so that's big. Um, the example I use, and I've mentioned it a lot on here, is if Steph Curry and I have a three-point contest and it's first one to two three-pointers to make it, you know, to wins, I might win. I mean, it could happen. You have a chance. There's a chance. But if it's first one to make 100, I will never, ever win in a million, million years. No. So. Maybe one of these teams that is me in this analogy and not very good, they may stumble into six wins when their Pythagorean win total really says, yeah, they're more like a two or three win team. And chances are they come back to that norm or at least realize what you saw last year. Just the record is the record built ourselves. You know, you the record is what you are. Maybe isn't as quite as true as you think. Yeah, that's that's very true. It sounds great. It looks good on a bumper sticker, but maybe right. it might not always be the, the truest thing. All right. Who overachieved? Who underachieved? What can we learn from Pythagorean win totals in 2021? You know what I've learned about Built Bars? And you hear me say it probably all the time on this podcast. There's no bad time for a Built Bar. One of the best times is a road trip. Have one in your little bag. Have one in your glove box, whatever. It's a perfect snack. You have a long commute. Maybe you skip breakfast. Maybe you, you skip lunch. You need a snack, and you can feel good about it, and it tastes great. High in protein, low in sugar. That is the snack you want to grab. And you can grab a box of Built Bars from Built.com using promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Nine original flavors like cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter is my favorite, cookies and creams really good, orange, strawberry, German chocolate, salted caramel, coconut, and they're always filtering in specialty flavors. So go to built.com and find out what kind of new flavors they've got for you. You can buy a box of one flavor or do a mix and match and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars, the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Let's jump into this. What, what did you see? What stands out to you in these Pythagorean win totals? Uh, the way that Kiev here laid it out, I'm just going to cheat off his page, and he has them division by division. So for whatever reason, he started with the NFC North. The Bears, Vikings, and Lions, they all are pretty true. You know, the, they, they pretty much had a, a season that correlated very well with their Pythagorean win totals. The Packers, though, they were minus 2.51 wins, which is really saying that they should have won a little over 11 games last year when you adjusted they were close to a 14-win team if it had been a 17-game season. In reality, they went 13-3. and So this gives me a little bit of pause. We keep bringing up the Packers time and time again with every spreadsheet I do, especially with their offense you know, touchdown percentage per drive, things like that. They never punt. But I also think this is the second year running that all the analytics nerds, for a better you know uh, term here, have said the Packers can't keep it up. Maybe LaFleur is a really good coach. Um, 
I think Rodgers is pretty clearly a really good quarterback. You know, I think coach quarterback here has a lot to do with it. And uh, one of our, our, our famous tweeters here sent us one, you know, just a second ago, Josh Redding's always on top of tweeting in Twitter Tuesday. He's like, how about this? You know, Matt LaFleur and Zach Taylor were hired the same year. Matt LaFleur has as many losses as Zach Taylor has wins. So, uh, you know, it, it was easy a year ago to say, ah, that Packer team, they're, they were 13-3, but I'm not sure that's what they really are. But then they go and do it again and get better quarterback play. But the Pythagorean people will tell you, eh, pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, their their numbers don't equate to them being a 13.8 win team if this were a 17 game season. Yeah, maybe they'll regress to 12 wins. Right. I mean, if Rodgers is there, (laughs) if not, then you kind of throw everything out the window. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Um, NFC South, to me, was sort of interesting, too, because the Bucs were basically dead on. You know, they they played up to their record. And if you remember, they only won 11 games. I mean, only. But they were the Super Bowl champs. They they didn't steamroll the league from day one. The, The Saints actually won the division. And according to this, they were also in the negative, a negative 1.2 wins that they probably weren't quite as good as a 12-win team would correlate. The Panthers, I thought, were interesting because, remember, they played a lot of close games and lost a lot of close games with Bridgewater. That's kind of a Bridgewater thing, keeps you in it. They probably should have won 1.7 more games than the five that they actually did. So I think that's really promising for them. But this one to me was one of the biggest ones is the Falcons. The Falcons were frankly way better than a four win team last year. I mean, they had some things go wrong. They lost a lot of close games, but by this standard, they should have probably won just under eight games if it was a 17 game schedule. So they were plus 3.67, which is a huge, huge number. Like, does that mean, boy, the Falcons are a sleeping giant and they're going to be a 12 win team next year? Not necessarily, but I think you need to realize maybe that team wasn't a team deserving of picking the top five. And since we're looking at these Pythagorean wins uh, as um, through the 2021 lens with an extra game here, Mm-hmm. They they adjusted what the wins were based on that. So a thir- so for the Packers, a thirteen win season is actually thirteen point eight one wins when you factor in another game in the season. Right. So the difference is uh, is if, at first when I saw this, I thought, well, if there's an extra game and you get a win in that game, there's going to be a t- an extra win on the on the different side of things. But they've already adjusted last year's wins to make those win totals be 17 games. So, you know, 12 wins is 12.75 wins in this. So that's how it's it's broken down and adjusted into a 17-game season now looking forward. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, it, that makes it a little more confusing, but it also makes it more relevant as yes. we go from 16 to 17 games, you know. So, um, but still, the discrepancies are still equal as importance. It's amazing that... All of the bad teams had a Pythagorean that was closer to the middle, and all of the good teams had a Pythagorean, except for, I think, one division winner, uh, had a Pythagorean that was closer to the middle as well. So, like, positive and negative regression here is something that Pythagorean uh, win totals expects for almost every single team in the league with maybe just a couple of outliers. I think that goes to your baseball point. Exactly. That... You know, 60% win percentage versus 40% win percentage. My Pirates at 40, if they're lucky, versus, you know, whoever um, is winning the, the league that year. You know, so I, I think that's 
kind of dead on to what you said to open the show is if you do play it out, play it out over a longer sample size, you know, you probably win a lot of divisions with 10 wins, 10, 10 and seven. And moving on to the NFC East here, the only quote unquote bad team, the only sub 500 team that made the playoffs last year was Washington. And it's the only division winner that doesn't have a negative Pythagorean uh, difference going into next year. Yeah, yeah, this was obviously an odd division. But I think you look at the Eagles and say, boy, they got big problems. But they were one of the best teams. I mean, they really should have won two and a half more games than they did by this formula. Washington was also a little bit uh, in the positive, too. They probably should have won about a, a game and a half more than they truly did. So maybe this division wasn't quite as awful as it looked. I mean, because actual wins were seven, six, six, four for Philadelphia. Maybe they were playing a little bit better football than we laughed about. And Pythagorean. So the the Pythagorean wins for that division, they're essentially very close. They're all should have been six yeah. or seven win teams, except for Washington, maybe underachieved by a game. So maybe they should have been five hundred instead of seven and nine. Yeah, yeah. And I guess this is noteworthy too, is we, we we picture Washington just barely edging out the rest of the terrible division to get in. But if you look at their Pythagorean wins last year, they were clearly the best t- team in a bad division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they were like two games better than Dallas. So That's why yeah. Washington is that team. When you yeah. look at their defense and what they could be, a, a true powerhouse on defense, get some quarterback play in there and move the ball offensively and score a few points. It's a pretty darn good football team. Yeah. I don't know that they're worse in any spot than they were a year ago. I mean, nothing noticeable. Their weapons are better. Their O lines at least equal. I think the quarterbacks at least equal defense added some things. So that's pretty promising. If Washington goes and wins a Super Bowl in 2021, do they just have to keep the football team name since they've won titles now with it? Maybe it'll be title town. (laughs) <laughs> the t- title football team <laughs> your nfc west is pretty interesting because there's two big outliers here um the rams they were status quo they, they did what they were supposed to do they won 10 games um the cardinals were, probably should have done a little better they were about a game behind what their their pythagorean win total told them to do but we mentioned this to start the show seattle's always the worst i mean seattle they won two and two, almost two point two and a half games more than they really should have, and they're always this team that, oh, they were should regress to the mean and not win as many one score games. But I've been doing this long enough that we say this every year. But then your Niners. I mean, every one of these stats we talk about with San Francisco just begs for them to be the worst to first team in the league or the bottom feeder to contender, because even with all their injuries and they still played well enough that they probably should have won 2.3 more games than they really did. I mean, uh, uh, your Niners are probably pretty fun to talk about right now. And it's not super surprising that the NFC West was the only division where all four teams had Pythagorean win totals above 500. Yeah, good point. But it's, I think it's interesting that San Francisco was in, uh, involved in that, considering that they only won, right. what, six and it was all said and done. Yeah, six games. They were picking 12th overall. And uh, it's, you know, I, I think there's every metric looks at it, you know, with just luck with injuries and all of that. Being a team that's closer to 2019 than 2020 this year when it comes to the 49ers and a team that should absolutely be a, a lot better than they were the year before. How much better? Who's at quarterback? Still a lot of questions there, though. So it's, it's definitely a fun team to be covering right now. 
Yeah, and now that I'm just looking at the NFC, San Francisco's Pythagorean win total was almost identical to the Bears and Washington, who we just talked about. Both the teams went to the playoffs. It matters who you're playing against and who that competition mm-hmm. is because, and look, if the 49ers were playing two games against the the NFC East last year, two games against the uh, NFC North, they still might have been able to sneak into the playoffs too. Yeah, amazing. And a big thing that hurt them was a, a minus negative turnover differential too, and mm-hmm. that's going to hurt any team. Absolutely. But they factor that into some degree. I'm not exactly sure how that works. Let's talk... AFC next and the biggest overachiever based on a 17-game season last year. A big reason to repair and maintain your vehicle is to save money. And because chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and always reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Just go head over to RockAuto.com. The website is super easy to use. Find whatever you need for any, and I mean any, make or model of car or truck. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers for 20 years online. They have everything you need. Tail lamps, motor oil, jumper cables, small parts, big parts, aftermarket kits, whatever you need to get your car looking and performing its best. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks and get it delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, Matt, let's talk AFC. What jumped out with you with Pythagorean wins in the AFC side of things? Okay, uh, we'll start in the East. That's just the order he has them listed here. Patriots were pretty much status quo, which I bring them up a lot. I mean, just looking at their roster, they were not a seven-win team. I think Belichick did a, a whale of a job to even get them there. The Dolphins probably sh- should have lost one more game than they did. The Jets probably should have won one more game than they did, but they only won two. You know, I mean, so you know, it's not like they were particularly great. But the Bills stand out. and I mean, they were minus 2.66 when you look at Pythagorean wins minus real wins. So this formula thinks that they overachieved pretty significantly. I mean, when you compare that to the teams we've mentioned so far, that's greater than any of the NFC teams discrepancy. I'm, I don't I'm, think they're I, bad. I haven't paid close enough attention to Pythagorean wins recently or really ever. Uh, I've known what it is and, and not really looked too deep into it aside from, you know, a few snapshots here and there. Good teams, good coaches, do they always overachieve? Because I'm looking at some of these teams and they're just good teams. And right. like the Bills, I would expect them to overachieve again if the if the Pythagorean win total has them at whatever, 10 wins or something next year. I would think that they are going to be higher than that and you know and you can say the same thing about the Patriots historically and we've already talked about you know the Packers and the Seahawks what is that thing that allows a team to overachieve and that's obviously what every team is trying to gain every year that might be the way to really look at this thing though is not like boy these teams are going to regress or look out the Bills are a paper champion in the east Mm -hmm. maybe it's 
something we should look at over, I should call Aaron Schatz on this one and say, give me every coaches and quarterbacks wins over Pythagorean for their, for their career, you know? So right. I bet Russell Wilson's through the roof, you know, that my team should have won eight. I got them to 11. I did it three years in a row. You know, that's enough for me to say it's not an accident. We're always in contention, but the numbers say we're really a mediocre team. Right. Like Russell Wilson's career Pythagorean over average is averaging two wins per season more. Right, like right, that. right. Or what's Pete Carroll's, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it with Aaron Donald and Jerry Rice and, you know, but I mean, yeah, for, for coaches probably coach. is the way to do it for head coaches. Yeah. And maybe it's just a real positive thing as opposed to look out this, you know, Packers are going to fall. Oh no, they get more out of what, you know, they do on the field in terms of win loss column than most teams do, which brings me to the NFC West because the greatest discrepancy is in the West. First off, The Raiders are about status quo. Same with the Chargers. Denver probably could have won a little bit more than they did. But I don't bring this up enough, but Denver was awful in turnover, you know, situation. They were minus 16 in turnover differential. But the Chiefs, the Chiefs had the biggest discrepancy in the league. They should have won four less games by this metric than they really did. And I think there's a case for that because – even just watching the Chiefs last year, the eyeball test, watching tape, they weren't quite the juggernaut that they got credit for start to finish for 16 games. And you even read things like, oh, it's too easy for the Chiefs. They're just putting it in neutral. Wait till, the, you know. So I'm not sure they put their production on the field was as great as maybe perception led us to believe, especially coming off the season they had the year before, which was amazing. But still... I think this is a credit to Mahomes, who wasn't 100% healthy. And I'm sure Reed's the number that we talked about is really, really high. You know, I mean, minus four wins they should have had, and they still won 14. It's pretty impressive. I mean, by Pythagorean win totals, they should have won 10.85 if that would have been a 17-game season. That's amazing. So expected wins was 10. They actually won 14 games. And when you consider most of these Pythagorean uh, differences are, you know, maybe two and a half games is a lot. And it's a lot. The yeah. Chiefs are at four games. And another note here against the spread, Kansas City went only seven, ten, and one against the spread hmm. last year and won nine and one against the spread in their last 11 games. So they won a lot of close games and things did bounce their direction. Were they coached in that direction? Is that coach quarterback that allows you to do those things? Or. Is there some regression coming for the Chiefs? That's that's yeah. interesting. And even if they regress to 12 wins, still look pretty good in the AFC West, so it's not even that big of a deal. Right, right, 100%. And no one's you know feeling bad for the Chiefs or worried that they're not going to be a good team this year. And, and another thing about analytics, and some analytics folks will, will laugh at you if you say that quarterback has it or he's clutch because you can't put numbers on them. But I believe those things exist. You know, Elway at the end of a game, Montana, you know, I mean, Mahomes, Wilson, you know, that there's something to that without question. Um, And I think the Chiefs being the fact that the Chiefs are minus four and quote the worst in the league doesn't make me think, uh oh, they're a, you know, they're a false champion type of team. They're going to, they're the bottoms going to fall out. The next huge outlier here that jumps out is the Cleveland Browns, who actually had. uh, They're almost as bad. The the second biggest. Yeah, they had the second biggest 3.67. Um, was the difference in their expected eight 
11.02 wins based on a 17-game season compared to their actual 11.69 adjusted win record based on a 17-game season. That's a negative 3.67 difference, but of all the big negative numbers on here, they're mostly division winners. The Browns were not a division winner, even though they still won 11 games, had a nice uh, year last year. But um, are... Like it's almost like the Packers, new coach, like the Packers were in 2019. New coach, big record. Is this the new normal for the Cleveland Browns? What'd you see in this Browns team? What'd you think about this one? Yeah, I was going to use the Packers as the exact same example of, boy, the Packers are 13 and three. And just a year ago, I was on board saying Green Bay's not going to win 13 games again. You know, that, that was fluky. There was too many things going against them. And Rodgers wasn't as good two years ago as he was this past year. But, you know, the Browns feel like the same thing to me. Like, I understand why people are very excited about them. Baker could make a huge step forward this year, and he played much better down the stretch. Stefanski was clearly coach of the year, in my opinion. They have a great roster. But I kind of – it's not Russell Wilson. It's not Sean Payton that I've seen it over five or ten years. They would make me worry a little bit here that they might be a little more fragile than we're giving them credit for. Points scored and points against uh, adjusted for turnovers on here. Um, the Browns, when it's not so great, right? yeah, like let's see, uh, what was their lost it? Oh, yeah, so 419 points to 408. So they were outscored an 11 win team that was outscored in total. And even if you adjust it, uh, still very close to, to something that's more of a, a 500 looking team. As, as far as points scored goes. So that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe the defense underachieved a little bit. Can that get better? The offense was really nice under Stefanski. Can that stay where it was? The the Browns is a team that I like. I like the roster, but when you look at the Pythagorean and the, the uh, maybe overachieved a little bit, maybe that worries me for putting the Browns into that conversation of, look, this team's ready for primetime Super Bowl contender quite yet. Yeah, it's just a... One red flag, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different things to, to weigh here, but it's one thing to keep to consider that eh, that's a little worrisome. Um, the Steelers, to me, are kind of an obvious one, and they won the division with 12 wins while Baltimore and Cleveland only had 11. But the Steelers were, weren't far off. I mean, Pythagorean wins basically said that they probably won two games that they shouldn't. I absolutely think Ben and Tomlin over their history have proven that they're going to be plus in that category Without question, I mean, they may even be second behind New England over their stretch. But also, the critics had said, this is the worst undefeated team this late in the year that I've ever seen, probably weren't wrong either. You know, I mean, they weren't quite as good a team as they looked on paper, or at least win totals, until the bottom kind of fell out. Cincinnati Bengals, if you're looking at Pythagorean plus Joe Burrow for a full season, that's absolutely a team. And look, that's a tough division. I don't know how far you climb out of the cellar if you're the Bengals, but a team that should improve on what the the four wins they had last year was. Yeah, and I think there's reason for optimism there. I mean, they are uh, plus a, a win and a half better than the four wins that they put up. And they feel like a team to me that will be interesting to talk about a year from now. Like we might look at them, their Pythagorean wins a year from now and say, boy, the Bengals still only won five games and we're the bottom feeder in a tough division, but all the numbers and the stats and things like this that we're talking about now shows that this team's getting better, but it just didn't show in the win loss column. 
Let's finish this up with the AFC South and the one that jumps out to me as one of the biggest underachievers here. In fact, they were second. The Atlanta Falcons had a plus 3.67 wins adjusted to 17 games versus last year. And the Jaguars are just behind them plus 3.4. So you're talking about a one win team last year. They should have won four games. That's a pretty significant increase. I mean, if you win three more games in the year before, it's pretty good. It would still put the Jaguars uh, in the top five of the draft this year, but some bad luck on top of a bad team last year. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't all awful. I mean, they played some better football than a lot of us probably recognized at the time. You know, this time last year, all of us are just saying, much like we are with Houston as we speak, they're going to pick first in the draft in 2021. You know, we already know this is going to be a terrible team. But maybe they had some better moments and some better stretches than awful. You know what I mean? I mean, so you add more talent as they did, a better quarterback. That division to me is fragile. That I might put a buck on them at extreme odds to win the South. And how about this? Against the spread, the Jaguars were better against the spread than the Kansas City Chiefs were last year. Well, I guess that doesn't surprise me. I mean... Just perception of those two teams, and I'm sure I was guilty of this too, that much of the year, over 17 weeks, Kansas City would have been one in my power ranks. Jacksonville would have been 32. But maybe that gap, and I'm not saying there wasn't a gap. There's a huge gap. But maybe the gap between one and 32, back to your point of 60% win percentage, 40% win percentage, wasn't as massive and cavernous as we thought. How about the overachievers in the AFC South? Again, it's the the teams at the top of the division. Two and a half wins or so for the Titans when you're looking at uh, projecting us out to a 17-game season. Yeah, and the Colts aren't far behind. They were minus one and a half. Uh, Tennessee was minus two and a half. Tennessee's a lot different now, though. I mean, obviously Julio, but uh, the, the pass defense got massively changed. Indy's much different with a new quarterback. So I don't know what to think about those two teams. I also think it's interesting in the South that Houston, who we laugh at, they were pretty good in this category. They probably should have won almost three more games than they did. And that adds up. Like when I was doing the you know yards per play, offense versus defense, they were at the bottom of the league in defense, but they were at the top of the league in, in offense because Deshaun Watson, who obviously isn't there at the moment, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, from... Watson's one of those guys like Wilson to me that his his Pythagorean number is pretty good, I bet. Just watching him over the last couple of years, winning close games. A lot of points. A lot of points scored on yeah. both sides of the ball for the Houston Texans. And if the defense stays bad and no Watson and they don't score more points on offense, that's going to be a rough situation, obviously, for the Houston Texans coming up in 2021. Yeah. All right, uh, when, I, when I put this episode out on Twitter. I will link to Kiev's work and you can read more about it and figure out exactly what Pythagorean win totals are if you're still unsure and see exactly where your team ranked last year and and how they looked and maybe if you can expect a, a regression in either way for your favorite football team but we're out of time here today is a fun stuff i'm glad you brought this to my attention matt and it was definitely worth an episode to look into some of these things and i like uh, highlighting other people's work too so shout out to kiev and we'll be back tomorrow with your questions you're talking about the new quarterback there with the indianapolis colts and i think we'll start with that question which was an old question we wanted to get to on our last twitter tuesday episode that we didn't get to but it's which quarterback has the better season for their team sam darnold or carson 
went. So we might have to plant a flag with one of those. And whatever other questions come our way, at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL. Talk to you tomorrow, Twitter Tuesday, right here. Peacock and Williamson.